Hey everyone, I'm Karen Walby Solomon, and welcome to What's IGN Crushing On, IGN Africa's official entertainment podcast. I'm your host, and I'm joined as always by my producer and editor Rebecca Barchers. So this is a show where we discuss all things entertainment and pop culture with a new guest every week. We bring recommendations, news and fun facts, sometimes touching on the more serious issues surrounding these topics. This week's guest is Yasin Barnes. Yasin is a comedian, MC and writer. He's known as a one-liner comedian, and if you follow him on Twitter or into any of his shows, you would know this. He won the Savannah Comics Choice Award in 2014 for Best Newcomer. He's performed alongside many other comedians that you know, and he runs comedy rooms that you'll hear about more in this episode. We chatted about representation in comedy, his favorite comedy specials, and that time he fanboyed over Yuan Stemmet. For those of you who don't know, and I don't, we explained it a bit in the show, but Johan Stemmet is the host of the South African music program Noot for Noot, where people basically guess like what the name of the song is from sounds or from clues. So um, we briefly touch on what it is. But as I was listening, I realized that if you're not South African or you're not familiar with the show, you might not, you know, understand. But yeah, and he was he's been on t- he was on TV for like 25 years or something like that. But I thought it was kind of cool that you will hear more in the interview, but he explains that he's met so many famous people who we consider as famous. But the only one that really, like, he was starstruck over was Johan Stemmet. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I mean, like, I can't judge. I feel like, I don't know how I would react. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 you know, some celebs, they they seem real now. You know, you see them on social media, you see them out in the streets. I never seen Johan Stemmet out in the streets. Yeah, I, he's I, an enigma. Yeah, he's he's like a guy who lives in your TV. So yeah. I mean, it's like it's like if I had to see like um, Donald Duck out in the streets, but like the animated <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, like not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, like he doesn't uh, exist. Yeah, he, he doesn't exist in the world. Who would you get starstruck over? Um, local, international, Anything, dead, alive. Any- how many options do I, I have? Like, like anyone would be starstruck over someone that's dead because you'd be like, oh shit, you're alive. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> John Lennon, what's he doing out in the streets? <laughs> How did you know I was going to go with John Lennon? <laughs> oh, bah, lol. Um, I think internationally it would probably, I mean, you know about my obsession with Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Oh my God. I think oh. I, would, I would immediately faint if I saw him. Oh. But equally so... Jason Momoa, I know, I know, you know, it's a typical answer. I know, I know, but I do think... He's very friendly. So I feel like Jason Momoa Mm. would give you a big hug or make a couple of jokes with you. So you'll be comfortable. Oh, yeah. Lenny Kravitz still has a kind of like mysterious vibe. So I kind of get you with that one. Okay, okay. But I also think Jason Momoa, yeah, he'll be he'll be friendly, <laughs> but also he will be I think he'll be super charming and if he flashed mm. like one of those smiles at me, I would immediately faint. Um but locally oh, I had a good one. Was the actor musician your personality? Oh, um locally like and don't judge me because I don't know what's been happening with her but genie d 
Oh, okay. Like, I used to be a huge fan of Genie D since I've been since I was a child, and like, I just think I would I think I would have a good conversation with her after nearly just like being overexcited about the fact that Genie D is. <laughs> yeah. For she's, me, she's cool. For me, I don't actually know. Like, there is. I think because I'm so awkward and shy, and because I've like been obsessed with celebrities for forever. I think like uh-huh. I would Which is all that? Awkward and shy? Yes, I'm extremely awkward and shy. Oh, okay. The other side of you that other people don't, that other people know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like anybody I meet, I would be slightly starstruck over. But like, uh-huh. um, there's a lot of people that I like that I think, like the same way what I said about Jason Momoa, like I feel like they would immediately make me feel comfortable. Oh, like, okay. You know, yeah. like, like, if I saw Jennifer Aniston one day, I think I would freak out because I loved her as a child so much. Oh, wow. Okay. It's such a warm energy that I think that she would make me feel comfortable. But I, do, yeah. I would, if I just see her in the room, I would be like, oh my gosh, Jennifer yeah. Aniston. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I no, would, I get that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, like my stomach would go into knots. Not even yeah. like a, You would hyperventilate a little um, bit. Not yeah. even what? I see, not even like a like an Oscar winning A lister. Like I'll be like, "Yo, Gwyneth, what's up, girl?" <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> but but yeah. but Jennifer Aniston with a with a um, TV career. Okay. Yeah. Um. Like, what about Meryl Streep? Yeah, I think I would obviously get excited for her too. Oh. But I don't think I would. I don't know. Like I respect her, and I mm. think it's really cool. But um, you know, it wouldn't. I don't think it would affect me that much. Locally, I, I mean, I've spoken to Bonang already on the phone, but I haven't oh. seen her in real life, and uh. I think I think that would be quite cool. Um, just because I just don't think that there's anyone of that kind of star power in in South mm. Africa, and I think that she yeah. did that perfectly. Also, like like when you were talking about people you were obsessed with when you were younger, I don't know if do you remember yeah. when I liked um, Colin Moss. I thought you were going to say Cristiano Ronaldo, and yes, I, I, I will not forget <laughs> when you were obsessed with Colin Moss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Didn't you have like a cutout of his face on one of your school books or something? I had so many pictures of him everywhere. <laughs> so, funny story. Uh-oh. Um, uh, <laughs> so, I was one day walking in town, and I walked past him. I freaked Oh my gosh. Uh, I was <laughs> I freaked out. Like, I could not <laughs> believe it. Uh, I didn't talk to him or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, oh, he was just, like, walking. He looked like a normal guy. But if unless you were obsessed with him when you were 14 and had pictures uh-huh. of him everywhere, I don't think you would have noticed him. But, yeah, yeah he was um, – but, yeah, that was a starstruck moment. <laughs> <laughs> Did you stop and stare when you saw him? I think I just, like, breathed in. Like, I was like <gasps> – <laughs> Okay, the hyperventilation. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I just said, uh, God. And he didn't even look that amazing. It was just like, I don't, it's just like childhood Karen. Just like, that's one for you, little girl. Mm, uh, I identify with that. <laughs> so the first time I met Yasin was um, at the engine at the end of the universe. So the engine like at the bottom or top at, of Cliff Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was the just bottom. after, I think, yeah, the bottom. And it was just after one of their shows, and um, he was it's still on my Instagram feed, at, at, actually. But 
what I found funny was in the interview, Yasin was um, covering up um, a specific beverage that he wasn't supposed to be drinking. And in my Instagram feed, he is holding a can of that, <laughs> of that specific beverage that he wasn't supposed to cover or that he was supposed to, that he covered up in the middle of the interview. Um, the interview, which is not in video. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, that's okay. the story. Our first, the first time we met, he's like, we have to take a photo together. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I saw on my Instagram. Why? Huh? Why was I? Why did we? Because I was yeah. like, I, you know, I don't like being in photos. Uh, that, but um, where was that? The night that he caught you? Yeah, it was like, that Like, as you were falling. <laughs> At the book lounge. Okay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, this interview was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it's it's always great to talk to Yasin, and he's such a uh, I don't know, he's, he's a very friendly energy. So it was it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And Rebecca, you were there. You can attest to that. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah, so um, so yeah, we want you guys to enjoy it. Please let us know what you think, um, and we'll speak to you again at the end of the episode. And now, here's our interview with Yasin. So, hi Yasin. Thank you for joining us on Crushing Thank On. Thank you for having me. So, how have you been? How's 2020 been treating you? Yo, you know, 2020 is interesting because it's... Firstly, I'm, I'm good now. I feel like post-lockdown, like things are coming mm. into place. But 2020 wasn't the worst thing. Like, mm. I feel like... A lot of learning happened and a, uh, it's a lot of, it was a nice time because the whole world went on pause. Yeah. So as an industry, we were all like, yo, go sort your cuck out. Sorry, can I say cuck? <laughs> yes, you can say cuck. What's the PG system on this? Because I've heard, I've heard the other podcasts and other people said the things and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, see now I have a brand and I'm going to look after this cuck. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think 2020 was a, was a, it wasn't a bad year. It wasn't a great year. Mm. I think it was great personally, but like career-wise, it was good. I think, yeah, it wasn't as, it, like the world was cut, but personally it wasn't as cut, if it makes mm. sense. Yeah, I suppose and it was you, like a go slow. Like, I mean, a chance to like reassess what you want or like, like where you're going to go to from now and... And, and this, it was gave us time to catch on cuck and time to like, when I say cuck, I mean like hobbies. I, you mm. know, I took up embroidery and what? I'm, are right? You, <laughs> is it, like, are you good at it? No, but I love yeah. it. <laughs> oh no, but that's amazing. It's even better than being good at it. <laughs> um, and then also like, I, I just got time to like do all the things I wanted to do. Like, mm. um, just like get my shit together, like look after myself properly, like do the proper self-care. Um, and then I also, while doing all that, I feel like I didn't fall behind with the rest of the world. Because I think normally like when you yeah. take moments like like this breaks, you fall behind in your industry. Or for me mm. at least as a as a freelancer and a, a person that goes out at night, I'll say. Mm. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> goes out at night. <laughs> Guys, I say I go out at night, it's work. I don't go out like, yeah. <laughs> I hate going out to go, yeah. It's just, it's my favorite thing to just, I go to work, do my job, come home again. Um, and then what else is the, yeah. I, I found out I have ADHD, which is another thing, which was really dope. Like in the beginning, I found it, got meds for it. That's why, I think that's why lockdown was liquor. 
because I got to like stay home. I would stay home and I watched the movie without looking at my phone. Oh wow! I didn't, I, I didn't even I didn't know what it's like. And how quiet it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, so I, I think that was like my thing of like yo, um, I got my meds right, I got myself together, mm. I got to like work and focus and like do the things I want. And now post lockdown, I get to go forward doing those things. Mm. It's such a such a healthy way of looking at lockdown though, and like what we've all experienced this year. Yes. So for, for me, like when I think of like the, the grand scheme of things, I just go uh, to quote uh, a poet of our time. It's God's plan. Um, hmm. You might know. Like, these are uh, really wise words. Uh, there's Muslim words that I could also use for it, but I feel like Drake really encompassed the moment. Um, but yeah, so I, I think as on a whole, it was, um, it was cut because people died. But at the same hmm. time, I go, it's a life. Like, it's such a yeah. cool thing to say, you go, it's life. And yeah, it's, uh, again, we must take lessons from, like, I'm very, uh, um, I won't say positive, not optimistic. I come optimistic. Like, I feel like I've, I've had to be an optimist because things are very cuck. And like, just, I have to, we have to laugh. Mm. We have to look on the upside in that. I think the optimism is the thing that got me through the, all of this 2020 cuck. <laughs> but you also, you, again, you started the podcast. Like, I, I feel like you've been planning this thing. And now <laughs> lockdown was like, yeah, do the thing. Now, don't yeah. ask questions. Let's get into it. I had no choice, but I was like, what else am I going to be doing? Laughing and feeling sad. Might as well do something <laughs> about it. So with you, like, when I saw you start the podcast, I was like, this is your world. Like, it mm. feels like this podcast should have existed before this already. But like, I think lockdown you. was like, yeah, do this thing now. It's such a nice thing to say. Like, <laughs> you remember when we first met? Do you remember that day? No. Tell me. Tell it's me. One tell of my me. favorite stories. So we were at. <laughs> um, it was um, one of the books that, that that your wife was publishing, and I went to the book launch. And like, what was the book? Do you know what book it was? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, I, don't I also want to remember. <laughs> I don't know why I asked. <laughs> I'm I sorry. I'm putting you in the awkward position. <laughs> It was a great book. <laughs> I loved it so it much. Right. Anyway, I went to It was to really great. I'm going to write up. You guys will find it in my bio. Jokes. It's not in the bio. And your wife was, was, was the publisher. And it was at the book lounge. And I was, I, I like, fell. And you, like, caught me. as I <laughs> I do remember because I saw, like... You, you know when you see someone in the room on the other side and you go, I know the person, I see the person, and you're on the stairs, then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to greet you at some point. Then I saw you fall, then I was like, okay, now I must be here. And this is how the greeting was happened. So embarrassing. It's so great though. It sounds but like a story I made up. Like that's, <laughs> so I'm glad it's on the podcast and you confirmed it so that... You know, is this the story you tell people of how you know Yasin? Yeah. And you say, no, Yasin caught me. Is uh-huh. that, that sounds like a lie. And I, <laughs> guys, if you are listening to this, it is a lie. It didn't happen. I'm just saying this because I'm a guest on the podcast. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, no, but that's the thing. Like, that's the other gifts of, I think, of the internet and lockdown that, that saved lockdown was the internet and like mm. the social media. And you go, we've built almost like these long-term friendships across internet. And like when I see you, I just go, you, yeah. you, 
Like you, that person, you're my friend. Like I see you every day. It doesn't make sense. Yes, yes, no, I, because I'm exactly the same. And then I was like, it's that awkward moment when you don't know if other people think the same way as you. So you would go to someone and be like, hi, I'm like, Mary, I don't know. And then they'll be, they look at you. So they give you so like a two second look, like, who is this? <laughs> or, like, or like, why is this girl greeting me so enthusiastically? <laughs> I don't know, we talk every day online. I like all your... <laughs> But, but it's the thing of, I feel like that only comes with mutuals after a while. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's also weird when, <laughs> and, and it happens with social media. And guys, I don't, I'm not going to sound, it's going to sound like a dick, but I don't intend for it to sound like a dick. When you follow someone and you see them every day, so you interact with them, mm. but they don't necessarily follow you. So it's not the same. Yes. <laughs> That's when it gets a bit awkward because then you're just like, yeah. Like, is it, yeah. Like, has it ever <laughs> happened to you like at a gig or something like that? People come up to you afterwards and be like, yeah, we follow each other on Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> Many guys, firstly, I'm horrible with names. I am. Uh, I, I went to, I went to go buy um, uh, treats for my, I went to go buy cat food. Right. And mm. then this guy comes up to me and is like, and I asked him, yeah, I want to buy, um, uh, um, dog treats and then mm. he's like yeah I know your sister got a dog now and it's a puppy it's a Labrador oh, gosh. It's just, this is what you must get mm. in my mind I'm going I don't know who the fuck you are <laughs> this is such a and then he, just for the brief moment then I was like oh no he probably follows me and he saw that I posted about it and now like I can't get if you put it out there you must expect people to see it yeah so you can't like it's it's weird in in the beginning stage, but then at some point you must just be like, "Yo, just be cool, just just act like it's cool, just just act like we're cool." <laughs> just act. <laughs> and then with mutuals also, like I like when people tell me their handles. Then uh, I go, "Yeah, I I remember handles." Uh, Don't like give me the the silly name that you made <laughs> at so and so at uh, this bra around the corner. Yeah, I know this at Bra around yeah. the corner. I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't you give don't me know Ralph or whatever. You Ralph. <laughs> yeah, this fucking sound like a dog's bark or so. No, who the fuck is Ralph? <laughs> if your name is Ralph and you're listening, laugh <laughs> and change your name. <laughs> I, yeah, I just sometimes I insult people for no reason. So, guys, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the one time when I came to your show and I was like, oh my word, like, I think it was like only like the second time I'd seen you live and you were like, yeah, you need to get out more. <laughs> and it was brilliant and I laughed so much. <laughs> it was for someone who was easily offended. <laughs> I would have sounded, they would have like hurt so much more, but I'm like, that was perfect. I do need to get out more. <laughs> Here's the other thing. I just feel like Guys, it's a joke. You must mm. just take the joke. Like I, I don't like I'm not here with like I'm not here to be an asshole. And if you if you think I'm being an asshole, just I'm just a joke. I just like my brain is programmed in jokes constantly. Like I can't stress this enough. Like every you see how my timeline looks of everything that tweet is the reply, there's a gag everywhere. So when I speak to people, sometimes I just go, yo, is a moment to say something stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. So yeah, like so if ever you speak to me after a gig and I make fun of you, it's just part of the show. You pay for the ticket, now you're getting a personal joke. It's part of the rest, please, mouth. So again, but here's the other thing. When when we spoke, the when I saw you at the show, it's the thing for me, I go, I know you. 
if mm. I speak to you, I speak to you in a way where we have the understanding. Yeah. Like I know the level of joke you can take, if it makes mm. sense. Yes. But like, isn't it even like difficult? I mean, like being a comedian and then people always like tending to try to joke with you. Like, isn't that difficult? <laughs> it's the best and worst things. Because it's the be- it's the worst because some people try to outfunny me. Mm. And I'm it's not a battle for me. Like I'm not here to go, oh no, you're funnier than me. I'm like I'm not mm. the because many people go, Oh, I made a comedian laugh. I'm funny. And it's like that's not how it works. Like I'm not Randall, I'm not Simon Cowell, I'm not like gonna put <laughs> you through to the next round of fucking comedian and funniness. I'm just I'm just a bra as much as everybody else who thinks in funny things. Then after the show, then they come, hey, Yasin, hey, 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 now I got a joke for you. You can use it on stage. Don't <laughs> fucking tell me your joke. But with that said, though, the uncles and the aunties who come tell me jokes is the sweetest moment ever because they come with the dirtiest jokes. Oh, yo, the, the aunties with the dookies, with the tight dookies, yo, they love Tolly jokes. Yo, when I say aunties with dookies, aunties with dookies is the same aunties that's in the church also. It's the same auntie, <laughs> just in a different outfit. But they love Tolly jokes. They will, you, they, they're the ones that do the tables for Tolly jokes. Uncles, though, they also mosach. They, yana, they full of cut. But sometimes, but the other problem is afterwards when they come and they go, I'm going to tell you a joke. And then it's a racist joke. Oh, it's like a heavy sexist joke. Now I'm going to stand there like... Uncle, you're 70, you're going to die soon. Must I correct you? Oh, what? Oh, like, this, this joke is never going to get told on stage. It's never going to go to people. What must I, I'm not here to fight apartheid systems with you, Uncle. You've got tear gas in your eyes still. I'm just, I'm just going to go, <laughs> I must go now. Sorry, they're calling me. What? Karen, <laughs> you calling me? Okay. And then I just walk to the back and then just disappear away from those people. But it's also so that thing of like after a gig, you you must put up with people's cack. <laughs> it sounds like a horrible thing, but you go, it's part of the show. It's part of the 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 job where you go and you perform when you meet the people afterward, and you like go be nice with them. Even like sometimes I I want to, and sometimes I have the energy for it, and then there's other times where you just you know like the social meters, like you only have mm. like there's only so much socializing in me. After a gig, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. So if it is there, it's the, it, I have my best time because it's like a personal show for me because the people perform. <laughs> <laughs> but other times when I'm empty, then I'm just like, uh, I just want to go home. But that's where the, the business happens again. Mm. That's where people come, yo, I have this thing. Would you want to come perform? Yeah, I've got this thing. So yeah, it's... It, you're putting up with other people's nonsense is part of the job at the moment. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't think I could ever do that. It would kill me. Like, <laughs> I'm so used to my, my looking at people and saying, that's not funny. <laughs> it's so many, so many, so many times, so many times I'm just like, mm. online. Actually, online, it happens a lot where people apply and I'm just like, yeah, you see now. Now, it's in like my bio, it's comedian, not yours. You, this is where this thing happens. This is where Lindy, uh, Lindy Johnson, mm. who was also on the podcast, and if you are listening, you must go listen to her podcast as well. Um, this is where me and Lindy are in the DMs and we send each other boring um, tweets that people send to us. And we're just like, yes, look at this Tom Nias. 
love reading under your guys tweets i hmm. love it that's like my my joy i'm like <laughs> <laughs> them trying to one up you guys and then like nobody responds to it or nobody likes the tweet i find that so funny that's the joke for me like i love you guys but that's the pure joke <laughs> <laughs> you know i always wonder if other people can see it i never know who sees it and it's also the thing of who i feel like on twitter also you with your mutuals there's like a percentage of mutuals on twitter that you that you know you can be a thief with mm. You know that thing of like we're not being assholes. We just we're just gonna be a bit of a thief. Like look at this cactus person posted. What is this? This doesn't make sense. Look at this ugly photo. They didn't look in the background. Because I can't reply saying you must look at the background of your photo that you posted. But I'm gonna tell my friend look at this. They didn't even clean up. What colored mother allows children to post photos where you can see they didn't clean? They still. They were wisely buckies. Oh, why are you so mosak? There is Panutro Bakis where the Panutro is hard in your room, but you want to pose and the oh the beautification filter, you know when they put it on 10. Then their face is plascon. Just ah anyway, those are the things that people uh that we talk about in the DMs is how cuck your photos. We're not assholes about what you're posting, but just the the face of what you're posting. Now people's gonna hate me. People's gonna listen to this and go, yeah, yeah, since an asshole. But guys, I know you also do it. I know everybody's in each other's teams sending being assholes with other people's hutas in your way. They're all going to be like, it's not me that he's talking about. My jokes are great. My, yeah. my pictures are it's the your best. replies. Your replies are okay. <laughs> Wait, okay. So, okay, let's backtrack. So tell me about why you decided to go into comedy and... It's a... Um, yeah... It's such a weird thing. Like, I never grew up wanting to be a comedian. I was a quiet brat. Like, I... What? I, I never spoke at school. Like, I was the brat that was... I was actually not even the quiet brat at school. I was the middle guy. Because the middle guy never gets seen. Like, you know, the class clown gets... Everybody sees mm. him. Right? The naughty one. Then the child that's very good in the class, everybody sees him. I was the middle guy because no one gets to see him. He doesn't need to speak. Because teachers... I, I read the teachers because they're like, if you're the quiet one, we pick on you. Mm. If you're the loud one, we pick on you. But the middle guy, you get to coast through a school. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, like even jokes. Like actually, I used to make a lot of jokes, right? But um, now I'm going to say this. And I say it in a lot of the interviews, but it makes sense in the end. I used to make drug jokes then already. Like we all know I do it now, right? <laughs> but the drug jokes were so bad. That um, that they used to call it Yasin's. Like it would be a bad joke, and they just go, "Ah, it's a Yasin. That joke is a Yasin." And then I just go, "Guys, it's a funny joke. What the fuck?" And then I used to hate it because other people used to make bad jokes, and they like, "Yeah, he made a Yasin." Then I'm like, "I'm the fucking ya-. now. I'm got the brand for bad jokes. This is the worst thing ever." Anyway, then I saw the Twitter, and then um. Yeah, in the first year of Twitter, I think like the first, yeah, about the first, the first year picked up, like I had, and this is like, what, 11, 11 years ago? Mm-hmm. You, am I that old now? I'm just, in retrospect, because I'm going, 11 is a long time ago. Yo, anyway, 11 years ago, I started on Twitter, and then it picked up fast. And it wasn't like the same community that it is now. It was mm-hmm. like only a handful of colored people really using it. And, and yeah, like a very small community in Cape Town also that was using it. 
Twitter picked up and then Gino Fernandez, who's a comedian, spotted me online and he was like, yo, come try this on stage. Actually, Pia, your cousin, was mm. like, she messaged me because she, like, she was one of the few people on it at the time that like, I didn't even know, but just like was like in Cape Town as well. Mm. Then she was like, yo, are you a comedian? And I was like, no, like I'd never do that. She's like, oh, you must try it. Mm-mm, no, never. Then Gino, who ran um, Omchi, he was telling me, just come try it on stage. And then I think I was, I was ignorant enough to try comedy <laughs> for the sake of like, why not? Like mm. I was a story to tell my lighties one day. Oh, you know, I tried stand up comedy. Mm-mm. Anyway, then I did it and it went well. Then like on my third try, I died like hard death, like, like, mm. de- like ugly. Like, uh, you know that. It's offensive how bad I was on stage. We everybody watching needed to get their money back. That's how bad it was. And and then one of the comedians who followed me also was like, "Yo, just go read your tweets. Don't don't try and tell stories. Just go read your tweets. That's all you must do." Mm. And that's when I, because I, I, the thing with Twitter, I learned how to tell a joke in one forty characters. Mm. And then um, once I figured that out, and then I was like, oh shit, this is how I think. This is the jokes. That's my language. And then, yeah, after that, it just, like, Alhamdulillah, it picked up really well and people got into it. Um, but that's also when I, like, in retrospect, I go, yeah, ADHD. I don't have an intention span to tell long stories. I was just like, yeah, that's all I can focus on. Tell the joke, get it out of the way. What's the next joke? What's the next joke? And that's how my mind works now. Like it's all over the place. So I need to like get it to focus anyway. And you that's like, how I started. Like is it like a bug? Like, like, you know, once it like bit you, you were like, or was it's it like cocaine. a... It's cocaine. I've never done cocaine, but I'm in my mind, it's cocaine. I can't <laughs> af- Guys, I'm from Cape Town and I'm kind of with cocaine. I know I'm off brand here, but it's definitely the thing of the feeling of, of thinking something and saying it out loud and having an immediate response. Mm. Like, because most art forms is like you work on it in your, in your solitude and you take it out there and it takes a while for like reviews yeah. to come back and, and feedback to happen. But with, with comedy, it's like, it's straight. Like it's an immediate reaction. And that, that, that puts you on a high. Like, you, <laughs> like I can't describe the... It, yeah, it, it feels like it's a boost of, of like hard drugs because you oh, like I can't sleep after a gig. Mm-hmm. Like I normally have a come down period of like a few hours before I can actually sleep because after you perform, you just like, it's the, it's the best feeling in the world. And I, <laughs> I feel like other people who are passionate about their jobs, they get that feeling also. Mm-hmm. So I genuinely hope when I speak to people of like, I love when people are passionate about their job because I'm passionate about mine. So I go, I want my feeling everybody to have my, my feeling for their job, if it makes sense. Mm, no, I get you. So I, yeah, I, it's probably addictive, but it's also the thing of, I was, I'm the baby of the family. So I needed attention all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised by the TV. Like my sister's got parents. Um, I know I that. got like I know. SABC one. Yeah. I know that life so well. <laughs> and now you have a podcast. <laughs> People have to listen to me. My parents, my yeah. parents were so done with parenting by the time it came to me. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> the same. My sisters ask me who my parents are because the people I have as parents is not their parents. 
Because <laughs> like the way me and my parents talk, the way we yeah. act with each other, like I'm allowed to say cut in front of my parents. My sisters can't even fathom like, oh, yeah, senior sweet. And sister, it's words, it's language. We are adults here. And they're like, no, that's your parents. Like, no, that's your parents. These are my parents. <laughs> So um, yeah, I, th- I think that was the that's the one of the main reasons in retrospect of why I do comedy because I love the sense of attention. <laughs> I was the lighty that had to dance for the aunties. You know that you, we all know that lighty of like I had to go put on my eat outfit every time the auntie came. Then I was like, oh, look at the moves, Michael Jackson. Ayo, 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 cut. You know that I, I, yeah. I was that one. Then I, hold on, auntie, I'm going to come back. Then I go out of the room, then I come back with the other song. I do it again. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's why my, my parents was like, oh, I'm going to do comedy. They were surprised. And I'm like, no, you're the reason. You've made mm. it. It's your choice. You were the problem here. I'm just the, the product of your lack of parenting. Jokes, my man, daddy, I love you. Please don't listen. How they, like, how have they reacted to, you know, your career and how it's been they, going? So firstly, I'm the sum of the comedy. Mm. Right? So my mom, my mom's a teacher. Your mom's also a teacher. Is yeah, it, is mom? she was. Yeah. She's retired now. Mom's really old. But yeah. Yeah. That my no, parents also. To this. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, you, so you know then. So then my mom, uh, the, if your mom, I feel like most, most comedians' parents is a teacher. I think Dalen's parents also. Yeah. And Carl also. I think Lindy's. Uh, dad was also a teacher. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, so mom, like I learned, my mom was an English and history teacher. So I learned like my love of words, mm. my, my love of um, chasals and big. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned that from her. And my, my dad's a dad. He dad jokes for days. Uh. Like, you droog. Proper, proper, yo. Like, I can't stress. What does the one he hit me with? Um, oh, so Samir, if was uh, other comedian was at my house and he, I don't know, my dad likes to talk to my friends more than he talks to me. Like, because he, he feels like, oh, you comedians, lit. my dad is the uncle that tells the joke <laughs> afterward. That one I referenced earlier. Anyway, so then he told Samir, like, yeah, he never finished his degree and he can't, he can't fly British Airways. Then I'm like, what? Where are you going with this? What is the thing? He's like, yeah, he doesn't have a BA. Ah, then it's like, get out of here. Because BA is British Airways, get, just get. Yeah, my dad is that guy. Then you were like, oh, now, now you see who uh, I am. Yeah, I get um, it, I get it. And then I think initially they were, my mom was cool because she, um, she saw what it gave me, like the, the spark. Mm. Because also I was like a lost lady, like in terms of I never had like a proper job. I, I worked in, I like dropped out of university because I just didn't like it. Mm. Um, I uh, worked in retail. You have worked at so many places. I feel like, again, it's part of the colored uh, heritage also. You must go work in retail for a mm-hmm. bit. Um, <laughs> and then where else? I worked in like some offices here and there and I did some random stuff. And then when I found comedy, it was like, oh shit, mm. that's, that's the thing. Then my dad is a dad. So he was like, yo, you need to get a paycheck. Like every month you must get a stable job that you have a paycheck. And I understand it in retrospect. But back then I was like, yo, this thing is drugs and I just want to do this. Mm. So my dad didn't come see me for the first couple of months. My mom saw me within the first few months. And then she was like, yo, it's legit. 
then my dad, the men of the mosque started telling my dad, yo, we saw your son and he's like, he's funny, he's hilarious. And my dad's like, yeah, that's fine. So it's a hobby. It's good. Yeah. And then once he saw me perform, then it was the game changer. Like then he was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, he's legit and he can do it. So like my dad is a man of the community. So I was always for art Sassian, <laughs> right? <laughs> then my dad started becoming Yasin Barnes' father. <laughs> And that was the game changer because then he's like, yeah, this thing is bigger than all of us now. <laughs> it's the brand. <laughs> and then once that, once that clicked and then they were both like, yo, it's, it's legit. Like mm. you can do this thing. Um, and then also once I got my first TV spot, then they were like, oh shit. Like it's TV. It's, it's, it's TV. T-. Yeah. Then it was like, okay, it's legit now. <laughs> I think for colored parents, like TV is like it, man. Like, like if you can make it on TV, then then that's it's, it's the wildest thing. Then when it was also the first, so at the first competition I won, I um, well, like yeah, the second. I'm just I'm not dropping pause, guys. It's fine. I just I won a competition and I got to perform at the funny face, right? Mm. And then the lineup for the funny face was it's mind blowing now because I go. On the lineup, it was uh, it was me, obviously. It was Trevor, it was mm. Mark, it was Riyad, and it was Nick. Um, and also, I say these people's names with first names, but mm. let me stay with because I'm not. They, yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, on, it's colleagues now. <laughs> so for my parents, for them to see me along next uh. to them and still being able to do the thing, that was like a game changer for them. And then. Um, yeah, I think that also like solidified by like getting the approval from big guys who people they saw as big, getting the approval for me. Then they were like, "He's gonna be alright. Yeah. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> they they still don't understand um, that I get paid for stuff though, because like I do it and they're like, "Now do they give you money?" So so you post a photo on Instagram and then is. It's just that you, is what what else we what office must you go to to do that? Then like no, it's just I just posted in there. But now you get paid. It's like yeah, it's like oh, it, it, they can't fathom like the work from the internet. I think they're still yeah. learning. Yeah, the influencer <laughs> side of this thing. Anyway, sorry. Amazing, <laughs> sorry. Um, I ask you like, so who would you say are your like comedic influences? Your it's a thing of like, I think it's people whose thought processes I, I, I see closer to mine, if it makes mm. sense. Like, cause you go like, there's a lot of people that influenced me to like, that I enjoyed who stand up comedy. I enjoyed who was like super iconic, mm. but these comedians whose thought process I, I took for, or I started learning from, if it makes sense. Mm. Um, there's Jimmy Carr mm. also learned how to tell a small joke. Uh, there's Dimitri Martin. Do you know Dimitri Martin? No, I don't know who's that. And then there's Mitch Hedberg. I don't know if you know. Mm-mm. Guys, if you're listening, these are people you must go study. These people are funny, but on like, on true senses. And they were the ones who like really influenced me. But people I enjoyed growing up is like your Pablo Francisco. Mm. I feel like he had that iconic set. That, um, uh, what is it? Um, one man, one desire. Do you know that set? I do know because my brother used to like, like <laughs> I feel like he had it like on like a CD or something like DVD. 
It's that. And he used to like say it all the time. It was so annoying. <laughs> and the Russell Peters one, you yeah. like Russell Pe- that one also that somebody gonna get hurt. <laughs> Proper iconic. And then it's your Eddie Murphy, your role, mm. and the delirious as well. Those those were like classic like stand up comedy sets. So like those I enjoyed and I watched, but I never was like, that's what I want to do. Mm. I only wanted to do comedy. The first time I stood on stage. Before that, I never had the dream. I never had the plan. It was, it was never ever like a thing. Oh, the week before I, I did stand up, I went to a trance party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go with me, guys. It's, it's gonna be a process, but go with me. Go to a trance party, and I got like I found people. You know, like have you been to a, a, one of those outside yeah. festival? I've been to a fe- I've never been to a trance party. I mean, like Altra. You know, Altra is still very like, like in one space. There's no teens. <laughs> so like, yeah, guys, I I, used to, I went through a lot of phases with anyway. So I used to go to, st- to transports, and then the one we went to, the, the like one of the few ones I went to was um, I got like eight people to sit in a four-person tent, <laughs> and then I told them jokes. In they were all just sitting so like very like comfy, and I was I was doing jokes with them. Just, like just before I started stand up and they all like were laughing and stuff. And I was like, maybe I could do this thing. Mm. Okay, let's try it. And then, yeah, that was like just before I tried it for the first time. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you say has been like your career highlight so far? Your, there's, like I've, been, like, like I've done a lot of dope, dope shit. Like mm. there's, Highlights is such a weird thing because like I've I've won, I've been blessed I've like I've won awards and which is all great like it's it's nice things because the awards that uh, all the awards I won was um, the Comics Choice and it's nice because you the the other comics of the mm. country vote for you so it's like not like by a panel it's like the industry has voted for you which is very nice um, and while that's great I've I last year I went to Canada for jokes oh yes you made like you, you made my uncle you. Yeah, I'm just making shout outs because you guys can't hear that I'm moving my arms rapidly. <sighs> well, B. Solomon, your uncle is the greatest uncle. E- oh, uncle. Uh, that, uh, that, uh, Trevor, Uncle Trevor. Uh. Uncle, un- uh, uncle Trevor. You don't understand. So firstly, me and Dalen went to go tell jokes in another side of the world, which is fucking mind-blowing because I go, I'm just a bra. I only have matric. I, I've made a career out of just talking cack. <laughs> like that, like just talking cack. That's essentially the career. And then got to travel to the other side of the world. The day before we leave, Taylor gets a message from this uncle, right? Yo, Yasin, um, there's this man in there. He says he's going to pick us up. Should we go? Like, should we, should, should we get into the stranger's <laughs> car on the other side? He looks legit, Yasin. I'm just like, um... You know what? I'll take any help because it's going to save my pocket and we're just gonna see what this thing is. Get me? This man is this man is our uncle. It's a colored he's a colored uncle through and through. Like you he's a ooh, he's a good man. Anyway, he features us, we get into a stranger's car in another country. This man starts telling us stories of his time in South Africa, which again it made my heart so warm because he was getting so happy to mm. swear in because he's like, <laughs> he's like, like every second word, fuck, yana, pusa. Sorry, guys, I'm just, I'm at 
quoting the uncle, I'm not saying it's my word. <laughs> he was just so excited to say the swear words. It was my favorite thing. And then, um, yeah, the man was like a proper hero. He fished us from the airport. He took us to our Airbnb. He made sure he went with us in. Then he made sure that everything was sorted. Then he saw that the, you somehow go check the shower out. We in our rooms. This man, I'm like, who is this? Who are you anyway? The, the shower didn't work. Uncle goes, he's like, I'm coming now. Gets to go the tools in the car. Comes to fix our, shower, fix our shower at our Airbnb. It was the wildest damn thing. Then he bought like a fracht tickets for our show. Then he, um, then he fished us and we, he drove probably like for an hour and a half. He took us to Niagara Falls. Like again, the wildest experience. Because I go, I, we are getting in a car with a stranger and his wife. I'm sure they can have guns because it's, it's the first world. Everybody has a gun. I'm pretty sure he had a gun. But I don't, actually, no, he didn't have a gun. It's too nice. Then, but you know when you meet strangers and they just feel like family? Mm. That is what he was for us. And I think that was my thing. I was just like, I, he felt like a person I know. And I go, yeah, this, I, I can feel the love that this man is giving. Then... We went, me and Dalen went to Niagara Falls again, guys. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I'd ever be in Canada. Then also get to because it's not an easy trip to go to. It's like mm. on the, it's like a very like far out. And this man took us there. Me and Dalen had the best time. I I cried a few times in the rain. They just <laughs> it's a lot of witness. I I cry a lot. Then um yeah. It, it was just very overwhelming. Then we got to go to the JFL festival also, mm. which again was of my favorite. Mo- it's like for a comedian, it's like going to Disney World, right? But all the cartoons are the actual cartoons. It's not a person dressed <laughs> as Donald Duck. It's actually Kevin Hart standing in front of you. It's yeah. actually Jimmy Carr right there. It's like... it. It's, yeah, it's the people, you, they can breathe on you. This is brief, before COVID. And you go, yeah, breathe on me. Jimmy Carr said my master puss. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Like, he, those are these actual words. I'm not even swearing, guys. This is actually words. But you just go like that. That for me was like a mind-blowing experience to go. I can, because of my job, I get the ability to travel the world and like see where I compete with the rest of the world at the same time. And just mind-blowing and then that's just like one of the highlights me being able to do things with my job is also great like the charity work we do mm. it's I, I say we because like as comedians we do a lot throughout the year and sometimes it's just us going to work and it's a charity gig and we come home and then later on they tell us like what the money went to and then you're just like hmm, <laughs> crying 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 because it's, it's just like yeah I like I'm, I'm blessed and I love my job so much um, and then what else is the like I've just yeah the highlights it's, I, I get to pay the bulls telling jokes that's a mm. highlight like I don't need anything else than that is my thing so yeah sorry I love you in all your sentences with, yeah sorry because <laughs> you know the thing is I've, I always feel like I feel like I bore people when I speak no. <laughs> like I just feel like this is boring guys <laughs> like I, I yeah I, yeah sorry I feel like yeah, I'm just gonna say it again <laughs> Okay, so so what would you still like to do? Yo, I want to. There's so much. Again, we we in, we in such a great world at the moment. Like, again, I sound like a fucking Ulitz Bucky. Anything is possible. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like I'm probably too optimistic for my own good, but I just go like mm-hmm. I I I want to have a TV show. I want to have a movie. Mm-hmm. I want to um I want to build a platform for others to do it as well. Like I feel like that's that's part of the job is that I get the opportunity to make it for others. So mm. that's why I run the gigs as well. That's why I want to take it to the people. I go, I've made a career out of just talking cuck. Like it's, it's just speaking. And I go, we come from people who, who tell stories. Mm. Like our aunties and uncles, our parents, our, our cousins, our family brides are the best things because there's an auntie that's smoking, not smoking, rooking. <laughs> rooking is the right word. And she's just talking cuck and she's roasting everybody. That I want to I want to tell that auntie, yo, stand-up comedy is a thing. Come tell stories. Like I I want people to go. It's an option in my world. That that's mm. like that's one of the gifts that comedy has given me where I can see people and give them opportunities. There's been a few people that I've not helped, but I've managed to like like give steps and platforms to. Um and I'm I'm not like flexing on it. I just like I just like that I have something and I can share it. That's essentially mm. what it is. Um, and then also, yeah, we come from people who don't always get uh, get to do like high qualified jobs. You, like some people just have like a job and they're stuck in that one place forever and they never know like a, a hobby or a passion that can actually give them worth or they, they never push past and to find their actual worth. But I go, maybe stand-up is a... Because some a lot of there's a few comedians who use stand up just as a starting platform to do other things. Mm. So like some of them start acting once they do stand up. Some of them start writing. Some of them could do other stuff like amazing things, but they use stand up as a thing. And I go, why can't I just give that to someone? Like that that is career highlights for me. We um like again and the friends I've made career highlights. It sounds like a very weird thing. But you you know, like finding a good friend that mm. understands like your work and your personal life and like everything else is a is a, a really a gift. And I think that's a highlight of from that I've gotten from stand up. Sure. So tell me about like the gigs you're doing at the moment. Like, yeah, maybe tell the listeners more about where <laughs> you're. So I I run um, so I run rooms because someone gave me the opportunity to run a room, like to mm. to to start comedy for the first time. Now I feel like I'm almost like indebted to myself in the industry to start rooms. So now I used to have a room at Timbuktu and now they close. So now we do at um, Bismillah in Buka, which is, it's like every second, uh, Saturday, every second Friday. And then in Crossy Park is the other one. Because I go, I, we don't need to go to the Baxter for a night out. We don't need to mm. go to the other side of the mountain for a night out. We can come to our own places, places that look and feel like us. Like, I don't want to make rooms where it's like, like I go, there's the theater and that's great. Those are nice things. But I go, mm. why can't we just have a good night close t- down the road? Why can't I just go yeah. experience like great, like fun night that's in my area and still feels like my people. I don't need to go to, I don't want to say white spaces, but spaces that aren't necessarily made for us. Mm. And I go, when I say us, I mean colored people and Muslim people. And mm. that, that's the other thing I like, like the why, I, why I run the rooms. In um in Grassy Park, the it's at um Sherin's cuisine. This so this lady Sharifa, she turned a garage into a restaurant, and then we do comedy in the restaurant in the garage, and it is fire. It is a, it's just greatness. 
Because you have to go. It, it's it's that's like right in my backyard. It's exactly that. It's a thing of like in in my rooms that I run comedy, I can say the word ah, and everybody knows what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that that thing you're laughing at because you know what ah is. Yeah. That's, that's gonna be the, the, the like the, the snippet from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing to say, yeah, atuka ah. Yeah, and you go, yeah, that's, we know what that thing is. And um, th- those are the spaces I want to make where I go, kak isn't a swear word. Kak is, is an adjective. Kak is a, it's just a part of language. <laughs> like if I say um, someone is kak stupid, you go, yeah, he is kak stupid. Because everybody says kak stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, those are the spaces I want to make where I go, it's, the comedy is not always allowed. The food is always allowed. Every venue I make, I make sure my food is allowed. <laughs> but the comedy is not, it's not like, I don't want to make like Muslim spaces, but I want to make spaces that's inclusive. Mm. And that, that is, is part of the mission. And then also the thing of when, because we come from a, uh, like a culture where we go watch comedy in a theater, right? Mm. Which is, it's great, but that's a, f- uh, a polished thing that you're going to watch. Yeah. My rooms are the work rooms. It's where you go see a joke for the first time. It's where you see a joke die. <laughs> it's where you think as a comedian, you go, yeah, this thing is funny. This is going to kill. Mm-hmm. And you get to the show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's, it's work rooms. It's where comedians can come and like work the joke till they find the funny in it and just like learn the crowd and stuff like that. And it's just good nights. There's not a lot of money. We we don't do it for money. I'll tell you now. Comedy on a club level doesn't pay, but it's a lot of fun. That's what I want to make. So, like, I also want to talk to you about you've been doing a lot on Instagram to like promote small businesses. So, yeah, tell me like why you decided to go this route. I don't know if you can see, but I'm busy covering the label of the drink that I'm drinking because the drink is not chive. <laughs> No one's gonna see this video. I don't know. I, I don't know what can hear on the other I, side. I see recording there in the corner. I don't know what's being recorded. I just go no, guys. Anyway, um, so with the local business again, it's a thing of I like I've I've made a platform and been given a platform. Mm. It's only right that I share it. Like I go, like people help me along the way. This is the smallest thing I can do to help the other people. Also, we. We're in a very difficult time. And I feel like if you share it, if you share anything that someone is of a local business, it helps them. Because I go, yeah. if you have, uh, like, like I said a few times, because I really want to reiterate that it's not, like I'm doing it and I have the platform, but people that, I won't say don't have a platform. Everybody's Instagram is a platform. Yeah. Every share counts in someone's interest. If you have 100 followers and you share something, 10 people see it mm. and one person buys it. That's a, a sale for that person that, that you was just like, yeah, I'm just going to post a photo. I enjoyed this burger. Do the thing. And like, it, it, it costs you nothing. It costs you daughter. Like, daughter's free by most of the places. Just share the fucking stuff, guys. <laughs> so again, I just go, I just want to, um, again, she, like, no one loses when you share. That's, mm. I think, the thing we need to start learning as a people is like, just share the thing. If you see something and you see someone trying something and you like it, just share it. It, Yeah, it, it can only help them and it can only benefit you. 
So when it comes, like, I've, like people send me quite a few things because they want me to like punt their business and I love it. So I try and do it, like take things as, as not as much as possible, but like within, um, like, uh, yeah, like I try and do breaks between the two. So I'm not just like spamming people with like, oh, mm. go buy this. And people send me like cake and stuff, which I love, by the way. Guys, if you are listening, send me cake. That's <laughs> that's the, the T's and C's. But just that thing of like, I want to be able to give everybody like a fair share of my platform. And I'm not mm. here. Like, I, I don't promise people like, yo, your business is going to pop after you see the thing. But I just want to instill the culture of share the thing. Like, if mm. you see me do it, my platform is, is okay. Your platform might not be as big, but when you do it, it's the same amount of love that's given. Yeah. Because I know when people share my posters, it's, it makes my heart so happy. Custom. Like I, I really, like I, for every person that shares it and retweets it, I genuinely get happy because I go, they can see the thing I'm trying. Mm. And they bought into that idea. So when someone goes, I make samosas and someone shares it, you go, I see what you're doing. Keep doing it. Let's let's make your thing liquor. Mm. And again, like I've shared like five samosa companies in the same week. Everybody, it's not it's a, no one loses when you get to share the thing. So like no one must think, oh no, someone's taking my business because they're doing the same thing. Someone's making hoodies. This person's also making hoodies. It's just, guys, just share the fucking thing. Like no one loses when we share. Yeah, Sounds like enough a, space yeah. for everyone. It's exactly that. Yeah, in Islam, it's it's called your rizik. It's like what God has given you, mm. and it's that thing of no one can take from it. No one can benefit more than what God has given you. So if, if this is your thing and God says that's yours, mm. who like it can't be wasted because that's what's allocated to you. Yeah, you might get more later. You might get less now, and you might find it in other amounts. But if that is what's given to you, that is your thing. Don't ever go. Oh no, you started a company. His company's blowing up. Mine is still pop. No, guys, you must just, yeah, God's plan. <laughs> exactly. I always tell my sister this. Like, like, I'm like, you can't get despondent if other people are doing things because you, yours is made by you. So you, nobody else is you. So it's like, it's like a cult. If you're doing it with the right heart, if you're doing it for the right reasons, it's always going to work out for you. It might take longer. It might, you might have to go different routes than other people, but you know, you know, what is for you will come. Yes. That's, that, that's something I think that comedy taught me in the early days where um, like, especially with the awards, right? So how it mm-hmm. works is this, it's almost like you start in waves. So you like, the, if you start within the same two years of people, you basically like the industry goes, you guys are in the same category. So you almost like you put up next to these people and you go, we all funny, but on the night you think, like as a young comic, you go, now nah, I want to be better than him. And you go, mm. you mustn't be better than them. You must be better than you. You must just mm. do you. That's all that counts. So then I went through a, I wouldn't say, yeah, like, like a, a phase, like it wasn't, it wasn't a cool phase where I used to see what they were doing and almost like, um, like want that for me, mm. but not wishing it for them. And you like, it's that eyes of envy. That's, that's, yeah. uh, oh, and then, um, I had a moment. I, the first time I did Rock in the Daisies, mm. I wasn't booked to perform. I was like, I was a plus one of one of the comedians, right? So I get there and they're like, yo, do you want five minutes? I'm like, fine. And the comedian before me is going boss. Like he is murdering. Like people are like, 
you rock in the days comedy people sit down they all bubble us <laughs> right that's <laughs> that's how the comedy works and everybody's sitting and he's he's killing so hard people are standing up and clapping right mm. i must follow him i'm in my first second year of comedy i i do not have the energy he's doing mm. right so i'm like i stand still like my body presence is just here that's all that it is this brother's running jumping high fiving people i'm i'm cucking myself cuz i'm like <laughs> how do i match this what's the thing and uh, seven gacy comes to me and he's like yo take them bring them to your world you must just do you mm. and they will come they will if you bring them to you it will happen it will work just just straight through to what you are as you as a as a person and as a comic and i went up murdered fire times but it's the thing of that small line of like just bring them to your world mm. was was the game changer and i think that's something something i try and do now of my comedy and even like my my presence like with with the the platform and like sharing it for business it's like bring them to your world and show them how you do it they can do their thing it's mm. fine but you must just make sure your your thing is yours i don't know if you if you listen to lindy's episode and she described you as a Lenny Bruce. So <laughs> <laughs> I it was a big compliment but at the same time I'm going yeah I am she's right though it is <laughs> that is the relationship we have. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, um like obviously are you talking about this more now but um how, how how important is it for you to to mentor young comedians I mean especially for women like i mean i'm sure it's it's really difficult to find people to support you in it's it's that thing of it's you know when you see something on in a early stage you've probably seen it with like music and with other artists and just people online where you spot them and you go you've got a thing i don't know what it is and i i i can't spot it but there's a thing that the world needs to see more of mm. and i think that's what i saw with lindy of like Yeah. Lindy was fine despite the the things that people would put besides the the stereotypes that go with her mm. like you like the thing of Lindy is funny despite her being a woman mm. <laughs> despite her being a a colored despite her being um from Paul you know what I mean like mm. Lindy was like legit funny and like for me funny trumps everything and when i spot someone that has a and I won't say funny when they've got a spark then I go I'll put in my time and effort mm. when I can see you you love this thing as much as I do and you just need a bit of steps and and platforms then I was like yeah then so I think but me and Lindy we also like proper brasser but at the same time on a comedy level I legit was just like she's got a thing that the world needs to see mm. so I would and it's the thing of it's we in the, we in the industry we everybody has their own route and their own path and their own career so like i can't ask riyad musa what do you think i must do next with my career because mm. my path and his path as much as we similar it's completely different but when you have someone you can just go how much do you think i must charge like what do you think because um, again money is a very interesting thing with freelancers and you go what yes. what must i ask would do it because sometimes mm. you take cheap sometimes you ask big and um sometimes you just need a a voice that you can get back you, you know like mm. you go like if i think this thing is funny i'll ask lindy and lindy goes mm, your wording is wrong it doesn't sound right same thing with, like she'll ask me and, and vice versa and um 
And I think that's what I found with Lindy is like, yeah, she's got a thing to go to the next round. Mm. And, and again, for me, as someone that makes platforms, I, when I spotted her, I was genuinely like, I want more colored people to start comedy and I want more women to start comedy. It's a legit, it's a, when I meet people after the gig and I speak and I spot the funny, the actual funny, not just them coming, trying to be funny in front of me, actual funny people. I ask them if they would like to start stand up. Cause again, I go, we need more women. <laughs> we need so like, I would, I would love to make a room that is just aunties performing for aunties. Cause you you laugh, but you yes. know it's going to be yeah. fucking funny. Like they when they complain about the husbands, yo, it will be mad. when they complain about the light is mad funny. So I I just go like those are the rooms I want to start making, and like that's genuinely the thing I want to make as a career. If mm. if I can in my career going, I've made a room that is just for women by women. Like that, I've basically like, put together and gone like, yeah, do it. Mm. Then, like, I'll, I'll I'll retire. I won't retire, but I mean, <laughs> it will be a highlight. <laughs> but why do you think it's like difficult for colored people to make that step? Because I mean, I also feel like I feel like I know so many fi- funny colored people, and and like I know you say like aunties, but even young people like there's so many funny ones. But the minute like they don't they don't want to make the step. Like I like. As a fan of comedy, I would be like, you know, you'd be brilliant at this. I mean, I've got no experience, but I'm like, yeah, I know you will. <laughs> but, but people are like, no, like they don't see it as an option. So why do you think it's, it's difficult? I, I think it's the thing of we don't, because the people that have made it have almost made it and moved on to the next step. Mm-hmm. So we almost can't relate to them anymore. And with no disregard to them, I, I love everybody that has made it and that has shown us the thing. But I go, there's almost like a gap between the people that are in the room and the people that are performing. And I'm trying to like, almost like bridge the gap to go, yo, I'm a normal bra. Like I do this thing, but I'm also just like trying to put petal in my car, like, like you that's watching me. Mm. And so it's the thing of when people, it's the representation. It's yeah. the thing of they go, oh, it's my thing that I can do. So now when, now, like if I look at Twitter, right it's 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 such a blazing thing now because i go when i started there wasn't a lot of colored people there wasn't a lot of of muslim people also now i go my the circle is dope now because you get it's colored people can do everything on this fucking platform and it's fire and i go as like stand up that's like the next push because i go i want to make i want to show them that normal people can just try the thing Mm -hmm. and also when i say aunties i mean young people that just sound like aunties (laughs) (laughs) That includes you, Karen, by the way. <laughs> that is your brand as a, as a whole. <laughs> Sit by the TV and complain. Yeah, it's the thing. <laughs> don't act like we don't know. But again, the thing of like, and I think it's, it's, um, it's representation. And the more you see the person on stage as a person, mm. as a normal person, you go, it's something I can do. It's something I can think of. And we, I've, had, I've had like a few a few women start also and it's it's also the thing of and it's the problem with the country again traveling at night is a problem mm. so you go for to because to do comedy it takes a lot it it like uh, it takes a lot of privilege to to be able to do it because you go it's traveling at night it's being in, in spaces because the job of comedy always happens after the show 
that's where like the mingling, that's where it's all the, the like the other parts of the business. And that all comes with like, um, it's another reason why I want to make gigs that's safe and that's inclusive. And mm-hmm. I try and make a plan so that the acts have a, a safe way home. And if they're traveling, they travel in groups. Um, so the people on the lineup all travel together so that it's almost like it's safer for everybody and cheaper. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, um, I think with women and, and colored people, they don't necessarily see it as something they can do yet, but more and more, I think every year it just becomes easier to see. Like, like you, you watch Lindy now and you go, she's me. She's a voice sounds like me when she mm. speaks. Like, that's the thing. So I, I, I feel like I am that for a demographic. And then, so now I've, I've had other say, people that Muslim colored men go, yeah, that looks inside like me. I could do the thing. Mm. Same thing with Lindy. And you go, you just need one person to go start the, the, the fight. Everybody else will come and it gets easier and more and more. Cause at one point it was just Mark. It was just Riyadh. Mm. And now there's more and then it will get more and more. It, it, the, the wheel of revolution is very slow and progress as well, sorry. So for like people who are fans of comedy, what kind of like, what comedy specials would you recommend they watch? Like accessible ones though, like ones that they can watch. Yo. So I, I'm a fan of comedy. Like I love all comedy. Like I've never, like I like, how do I explain them? I, like I was saying, I'm an optimist and I try and find the good in mm. everybody's in everybody's stuff. So when I watch comedy, I go, what can I learn from this? Um, but if you want to look at like of the favorites, your the catalog is so, again, like uh, that's the nice thing of like Netflix and Showmax mm. is that there's a lot that's accessible. Like Showmax has a lot of local talent. Yes. Yeah, but again, comedy is such a weird thing because you must take the risk. You must take the gamble because it can be bad. It's also so subjective is that it can be bad for yes. you. Yes. <laughs> I like usually read a review, like, because I'm a, a, on this, like, this app letterbox where, where, they, where I track my movies and stuff, but they also track, like, comedy specials. So I usually read the review before I start, and then someone will be like, this is trash, and I'll be like, okay, let's just try it, and I will, like, absolutely love it. But then another one, I would find, like, terrible, and somebody else everybody's like yeah. five stars excellent <laughs> like that's the thing like i've had people tell me like i'm not funny and i'm like yeah i'm not funny for you mm. but i mean you can't you can't say someone is not funny if it is their job but <laughs> that's another thing we'll get into but anyway but just the thing with um like yeah i've, I've seen so much great and also so much bad uh bo burnham uh, mm-hmm. do you watch bo burnham these things I haven't, I haven't actually seen, I've, I've heard him on like quite a few podcasts though. So, so Bo Burnham is like a, he's a genius. He's a child mm. prodigy, genius, prodigy. Prod, yeah, that word, eh? he's a child, <laughs> that uh, a young one that is good. Um, he, he started on YouTube and his mm. videos got viral and then he just went to do it on stage. But he started just like, not like us doing club rooms. He was like, yeah, I'm doing a one man show, big things. Did he like the but movie you, also? Yes, he did. It's yes, uh, great. Grade. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, it's an interesting movie. Also, that movie was like it's not funny. It's just like pure, pure eighth grade. It's very awkward, and the moments are hard to watch. And you're like, <laughs> it's hard to watch because I know the child. I know the, uh, like the cringe. You know when you watch something and it hurts. Like you must press pause because you're, it's your. It happens to be such a lot. No. <sighs> yeah. 
Marvelous Mrs. Maisel did that for me. We, I, the moments I had to put this thing off because I was so angry with the way my body felt watching it because I'm just, ah, it's the death on stage and it just hurts so much. Also, I watched it during lockdown where I couldn't do stand-up and this, and I could see her do stand-up and do good. And I was like, fuck the show. Because she's getting a response and I can't get that damn response. Anyway, that's a... <laughs> but yeah, like the, the Bo Burnham is great when it comes to cringe. He's, he's a really smart writer. And like, yeah, if, if anything you must take from this, this podcast is go watch a Bo Burnham special. Mm. It's, uh, there's, I think oh, there's a few on Netflix and there's a few on YouTube as well. Um, who else is there? There's um, Dave Chappelle. I feel like Dave mm. Chappelle is also like iconic. But also when you watch like the interviews of him, I don't know if you, have you watched the, the Letterman series yet? No, I haven't watched it. The next guest, whatever, that thing. You haven't watched it? No, you no. that like TV. These are TV people being interviewed. It is wild because I still like watching David Letterman as well. Like his show. Like I like late night shows, but yeah, no, I haven't watched his beard. It's too long, man. Just, <laughs> it looks like he doesn't moisturize it. You know what I mean? It's the oil. You don't have the Indian beard oil. It's, it's got that white man here. I was like, why must it look so? That's also only listen to him on podcasts. Like if, he, if someone, if like Conan or like Mark Madden interviews him and then I'll listen. But yeah. I want to like see him. <laughs> I will watch his show. The, the Letterman interviews are so good. Because he asks questions from a normal person, normal person's perspective. Mm. And I think that's the nice thing. Because he also like from a point of ignorance of like, you ask him Kardashian, like, if you if you post this nail clipper on your on your Instagram, how much money will you get paid? <laughs> <laughs> then he says an amount and she's like, higher, higher. <laughs> then she's just like, no, don't say anymore. But again, he like almost uh, humanizes his interviews. Mm. Like you go, this is a person. And which is a thing some interviews don't get right. Because when they do like... um. Jimmy Fallon, it's always fun, it's always great, oh. but they're still there doing the thing. Mm. But Letterman makes him a person, which is a, it's an art also that he gets. Mm. Like, because he, he asked her something of, I don't know, what was the question, but she told him that she gets more views on her Instagram story than he gets <laughs> on Netflix and on his show on TV. And it's the wildest fucking thing if you think about it. It's an Instagram story. Uh. And then, so, like, things like those kinds of questions, I think Letterman gets right. Like, he asked stupid stuff. But you go, I thought that. And he asked, he asked what mm. you think. So, yeah, if, if you ever get a chance, David Letterman, the full season is all, the, the three seasons is proper art. Like, it's, it's really great. Lewis Hamilton, mm, just magic. Just, yeah, fucking great. Cried for that or so. I cry, I cry a lot. I cry a lot with your TV. I cry. Oh, did you watch Chasing the Sun? No, I haven't. Oh. I, I think I'll watch uh, with my daddy. I can give him something to watch. It's not so Let him watch it alone. Please put the man in, in rest and let him watch it alone. Let him cry in peace. The, the show, five minutes in. <sighs> Just. <sighs> Nana Ima's laughing at me because she's like, what are you? happening i'm just like deep in the tears every five minutes another reason to cry yo just yeah again uh, yeah lewis hamilton also that episode i chunked so like because it's it just it's a thing of like you see a, a poc bra just try the thing mm. be great at it and like become phenomenal at it 
but like working fuck off hard just to be on the same level as everybody else. Mm. Then he works even harder just and then goes past everyone else. Those are the moments I chunk. Yo, when, when they gave Sia that, yo, when they put Sia in charge, it's just like, yeah, this is the moment. <clears throat> you know, when you just, like you fight, they were chasing the sun, I didn't fight it. I, I was like, yeah, we're crying. It's, oh, floodgates are open. It's just, yo, guys, chunk. Then when they, when they interview Cheslin, yo, just, and the wildest thing is I know these people, like, uh, it's like I know these uh, people, but I chunk, I chunk the whole time. Who was it also? Um, uh, uh, not Yankees. Uh, um, I his name now. Anyway, but he's from a, a small town, uh, Kailmo. And my wife's family, uh, they also from Pinel and Kailmo. Mm. And I'm like, I know the area. Ah, cry more. <laughs> <laughs> you link anything. Ah, cry more. Just everything you cry. It's just, yeah, Chasing the Sun, I also recommend. It's a, like, yeah, it'll make you feel patriotic. So, mm. like it, it's, a, it's good for the soul. I feel like the country needs it right now. It gives you as much love as we had when we saw Sia win it mm. last year. Now you watch it and you're like, yeah. It's, I can't believe can. that was a year ago. It, or like over a year, obviously. But I mean, like, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it was still this year. It, no, it also feels, it, it's wild because it feels like it was this year and four years ago. Like if if they told me that the next World Cup is next month, I'd be like, yeah, it makes just the time frame makes sense in my head that you go, yeah, it's it's been that it's been that long. But also at the same time, you go, where was October? I have no recollection of October. I've done things in October, like quite a, a big things, and I go, I can't, I I can't remember them at the same time. <laughs> I've actually never had an October that is gone. October always feels like a long month. There's 31 <sighs> days, always comes off to September, which September's always short, but same year, I don't know anything that happened in, in October. October's a very weird month because it's a busy month of nothing. I don't know, like, it, like mm. no one in my calendar is like, there's no birthdays in October that is iconic for me. There's no like work that takes place because it's also season picks up in October. So it's all like every year it's always been like a lot of shifting things, doing big things. And then it's December. <laughs> it's just like it's gone from then. So I feel like this year, especially this year, um, like I traveled in October, but it's still, I don't, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's just another month. <laughs> so what else have you been watching that you can recommend? Yo, I got, I, again, I'm a TV, I'm a TV cop, guys, through and through TV cop. You don't understand. When you asked me for the podcast, and I was like, I'm so fucking excited to talk about TV. Then you were like, oh, we're talking about comedy and your work. <laughs> Everybody else gets to talk about fun things. Now I must talk about oh, work. <laughs> yeah, I was so, I was really upset. I was like, yo, now Lindy get to talk about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm also a comic. I also love that. Yana. You can talk about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as well. You know I'm always ready. You understand when you were tweeting about it, I was so so happy because I'm like, you're also watching it. I'm watching it and we're watching the same thing. And then I was angry with the show because I'm like, fuck the show. Like I just, you know when you just get upset for shows? Uh, That show made me upset. Her husband has a punchable face and every time I I saw him out. I cannot handle that man. Like I know they keep on trying to like redeem him with us, but I can't. Just, it, man. Everybody else, 
it has spice on them. Like every other man in the show has this like a flavor. You know, man, like a like an unseasoned chicken. Like it's just the, the skin is still on the chicken. It's hard. Like uh, uh, it's bland. No this man, like you come from parents like that, man, and then you and then you so boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just like, your, your whole family, everything is set up for you to win and be a personality and you choose to be bland as fuck. Now you're not even like rich and bland. You're like, like not rich and bland. Now you're like a waste. You're like a punky. Like, just like a... He also looks like a funky. Like, he looks just like as plain as this. No sense of a neck. Just a straight up fucking shoulders. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that I love as we're busy watching now is Love Island. You, oh, do you watch Love Island? I watch season six. No, you must go to the early days. Love Island in oh, the raw days. I started days. season one and I was like, me, this take too long. It's fuck all happens. That's the, <laughs> that's the best, worst thing about the show is nothing happens. <laughs> that they just go, ah, you pie me off. Ah, mug me. Ah, guys, what is the words? I don't even know what they're saying, but it's just in. In 10 minutes, nothing happens, right? In every 10 minutes of the show, the whole show, Oko happens. And it's just like relationships. It's it's um, British trash. And it's the most beautiful thing where I go, I'm better than these people. I'm smarter. I come from a third world country and I don't look as old as you. Why are there 20 year olds that are like, they look like leather handbags. They're tan leather handbags. You know what one I'm talking about? Rebecca, I can see you agreeing with me over there. <laughs> that one that's like, hmm, it's already soft leather. You know yeah. that soft leather one? They look like that. Why? You are 20. What is, uh, what is in the... Also, there's not a lot of sun in England. How are they getting so bad? Like, how's your skin so bad? It's, it's not only that they're bad. Why are you so brown? How much money are you spending that you are brown yeah. as a white person in England? It makes no sense, guys. Uh, also, they are dumb. Yo, they are dumb. Like, they ask, what is it? I can't remember the questions now, but they ask stuff like, it's just, you go, what is the education system like in this first world country that colonized us? Because ours is clearly better. Like, you have internet also at home. You have access to all this cuck, but you choose to be this. Ah, it's, and for that reason, I hate and love the show. Did you watch, um, okay, in season six, when they asked about the different, like, what are the big five? (laughs) <laughs> the big five, guys, come on now. The big five. Ah, I know it's another country's big five, but it's the big five. I feel like you must have some sense. What did they say? A dolphin. What the <laughs> fuck is a dolphin in the big five? Ah, guys, these and people like, on, I know some of you know them and I apologize, but they are idiots. <laughs> have you seen the SNL's um, sketch about Love Island? No. It's got... It's uh, yeah, it's got <laughs> Phoebe Waller-Bridge. But there's this one, because um, when she hosted, the, the one girl wipes her makeup off. And then you can see like a whole face on the cross. And then you look back at it and she's just like a thumb. <laughs> so thumb with like a smiley face. <laughs> it's exactly that. And every night they dress up. Every day they look good. Guys, it, I, I look good once every three months. And then it's also just because I'm getting paid for it. These people, every... I, this show is so much effort. Every night you must blow dry your hair. And that's the guys, no? The women are still like another level. They put that... T- you know when the makeup is bulletproof, that base, it's not even foundation, it's base. Like, it's cock 
thick on their face. Like, you, like when the makeup is off, you can see the marks on the face. Then when they put it on, it's dark. Like you go, Mm-mm. it's a centimeter of before I touch your skin. It's that level. Mm-hmm. So much makeup just to stand outside. <laughs> <laughs> and it's every night they must do this thing. No, man, guys, I can't. I can't. I like that. And that's why I love the show because I just go, it's trash. The show is trash. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I say sorry you- a lot. I must learn to use other words like excuse me. <laughs> One yeah, moment, like, please. They're always like saying the girl, like women must stop saying sorry. I'm like, I don't know any girl who says sorry as much as Yasin. <laughs> it's really true, guys. It's again the baby in the house. You must say sorry for everything because you get blamed for everything at the same time. Who broke it? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even break it. It's Rishka that broke it. Rishka, Rishka breaks everything in the house. Sorry, Rishka. Anyway. <laughs> Rishka is my sister if you're listening. <laughs> so what would you say is like your all-time favorite series? I think I know what this is. Because I see... It's like the office, through. guys. Yeah, I knew, I knew it. I knew it. went through the office. You must know it. It's the part of the brand. It's the office. So at the moment, I've actually, it's the, there's the three now. It's the office, it's Box and Rick, and 30 Rock. 30 Rock is only coming to play this year, but it's mm. magic. Box and Rick is also... Mm. Mm, every, every line the office though that was like my first show that i found and loved and was like yo you you know when the words start coming out in normal conversation mm. where you see something and here's the line from the office <laughs> and just take the line here's the reference here's the meme you see that moment there you know what moment looks like that this one over here and then that for me was the office where i was like this is this is my language of comedy and now it's wild because now when I make like content, it almost, it's the, like I find pieces of the office come through in the things I mm. do now. So yeah, the office is, <laughs> I'm just having a small moment, guys. Uh, I was like, uh, listeners, please, no, he's just putting his hand and his heart and <laughs> nodding softly like, like he's part of the Thank Springbok you. team. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you give subtitles to an audio show. It's a really, a really great technique that you do. <laughs> um, and then but, what else is? Yeah, I think that's like my top three for now. And there's a lot of other like shows. Michael Sure, except you know, he made The Office and and Parks and Rec. Same guy. Um, uh, Mose. Um, and then obviously Brooklyn. I feel like sorry, yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is also Brooklyn is in the in the top there as well. It's how would Brooklyn. you rank? The, okay, how would you rank Brooklyn, Parks and Rec, The Office? Good place. Do you watch a good place? I I started, but I didn't get into it properly. I didn't watch it, so that's okay. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> but those are know, shows. My, my, so I mean, like, how would you rank it? So here's the thing: when I have I have like a top five, but none of them are ranked. I just go, those are things I love. So when I go, even with comedians, yeah. I go, that's what I love. Don't, don't put me order. It's top. It's just in the top. Don't, because it's the mood. Sometimes mm. you go, I'm going to watch The Matrix. Sometimes I want to watch Dumb and Dumber. It's just, it's all there in the top. And that's not in my top, but I'm just saying. That. But the thing of, uh, so I feel like I can't, I don't like to put things, I don't like to compare things. I go, mm. things were made for that space as an individual. Like, same with comedians. You can't compare comedians. You go, mm. out on the night in that set, that was that person that I enjoyed that thing. 
I can't go, it's better than Trevor, it's better than David mm. or whatever. Great answer. <laughs> so, Automatic answer, guys. I've, I've figured this system out because I know people come for me when I say already one thing is better than the other. I know how to play this. I'll play you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, so now you're saying Dumb and Dumber <laughs> and, and The Matrix. So what is your favorite movies? Let's say, yeah, you, Tia. You, um, you, you, you see, now I'm going to sound also like a, like a stereotype because Fight Club is in there. Mm. Fight Club was one of the movies like I watched, like I got to it maybe like a year or two later. But the thing about Fight Club was like it made me think of mm. like think differently to what was like it was actually had a, quite an impact on my life because like I, I'm gonna sound I'm gonna cry now again. But the thing is, like I was like a, like I felt like I was an alternate thinker mm. according to like what the like my our, our culture is and stuff like that and i was like i don't feel like i'm not a honda bra so now what must happen with my life if i'm not into vrr and and like owens and goodness and the club now what must happen with me like what must happen to the nerd like this but i was like between the nerd and that world then with fight club I was like yo you can just make your own thing like just like your thought process doesn't mm. doesn't make you this just like take your thought process and push you in your own direction so I think that movie like allowed me to almost like to go into comedy and like become my own comedian, if it makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so the thing when you, you know, you take art and you make your own version mm. in your head of what you see. So I think that's what I, I took with Fight Club is that um, it was a big game changer and a thought process changer. Then the other one was um, like the Matrix also, but I feel like the Matrix just blew everybody's mind because we never thought of movies like that. So you see it and you're like, the fuck movies can have movies in them. What the fuck? I've never seen the Matrix. <laughs> You're not a fan. I've never seen it. <laughs> My sister found this. A moment of silence was added by was the like, whole audience. What? <laughs> I think I tweeted about it once. And guys, if you are listening, tune out. Just close whatever you're listening. Spotify, the browser, just close it. Because someone that wants to talk about movies and music. Has never watched the Matrix. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, no. You, it's also too late to watch the Matrix now. This is the other problem because it's like, it's like watching an, a two thousand show. Like I was saying, we watch Alias. It's horrible. It's it's hard. It's ah, oh, my heart is so now. You've missed the train. <laughs> Please go watch the Matrix. Just uh, I'm gonna come back to the show only because I want to talk to you about the Matrix. It's I watch it at some point. I'm giving you. A, you know. <laughs> I watch it at some point, man. No, don't say some point. In lockdown, you have the time. Don't lie. It's you. You have the internet. Download the torrent. Is your friend? Get don't don't buy the DVD though. It's not that good. But you, you must also I think it's watch on Netflix. it. With, I think it is on Netflix. You must watch it with with two thousands eyes, if it makes sense. But also, there's been so many like spoofs and references that I've seen that like. That's true. Um, you know the story already. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, isn't this just like, um, yeah, scary movie four or something? <laughs> but it's one of those movies that I feel like it had such a big impact on culture, mm. on like the way the way we because like I just if I think of like. Um, Dark side days. Then I go, yeah, we used to dance like the Matrix. I mean, 
clearly now we were slatting fireballs uh, to uh, the Matrix theme song. And like, yeah, so that's why I think Matrix was bigger than uh, we all thought. <laughs> Everybody wanted to be Neo. Have a flip phone and a leather coat. I never had a leather jacket, please. I'm not the uncle, nor do I have that money. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay, okay, here's the question. Last question that we ask everybody. So, who was your first crush? Yo. Or celebrity crush, not like normal girl around the corner. Not normal person. Uh, no. You can okay. tell me about the, actually, you can tell me about the normal person too. This year. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it sound super cheesy? It was Naima, my wife. Oh my god! We sat next to each other <laughs> on the first day of school. Okay, that's like cute. that's that's our Noah. Like from the very first day of first school. First day of school, like grade one. Yeah, like grade one, first first day, and Ooh. then um, yeah. So then it, yeah, and then she was. Like, oh, no, guys, it's too cheesy. I'm sorry. Carry on, carry um, on, carry on. <laughs> Anyway, then um, we started talking because I had a, a Mandela sticker on my on my space case, and then we were like, "Oh, my parents also support Mandela. Oh, your parents also support Mandela." And then we started talking. So politics was early in the, early in the phases, and then um, she was also the first uh, person that I kissed in grade three. Yeah, we were. My gosh. Like, oh, oh, God. Anyway, and then uh, yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> um, it, there's, a lot, there's a long other story that I'm cutting out. Uh, but anyway, that's essentially the first person I had a crush on. Then um, if we talk about TV crushes, um, yo, it's, uh, um, it's also weird now because it was like the, um, what's his name? Like your, your wild room mm. in your KTV days. It was them. And now I know them, and now it's awkward. Um, like then, Carly and <laughs> Yeah, and like you just like now, I like I meet them, and you just like, okay, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, he's a real person. Um, yeah, who else is there? I met Roxy Burger last week also, which is wild. Um, you know, Roxy yeah, Burger from Kitty. Yeah. yeah. Wow, because you go, yo, you lived in my house for so long. <laughs> now I see you in real. <laughs> this is weird. Um, who else? Obviously, like your, um, not Pamela Anderson. It was uh, Yasmin Bleef. Mm, Baywatch. Yeah, classic. Then there was Lara Croft. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah, if you want to say. <laughs> Tomb Raider. She was a TV game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played a lot of TV games, guys. TV was my friend. Uh, who, I such a uh, you caught me off guard now because like I'm running through all the shows. Oh, hope. Ah, yes. Hope, yeah. But like, so were you team like, Hope or team Billy? You see, I was team Billy for a while. Then I saw uh, Billy on like a movie that plays late on a Saturday night on ETV. <laughs> oh, you mean the, then, the, the fake Billy? The, the second Billy? Because she was Mr. Emmanuel, that one. Yeah, she was Emmanuel. Then I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't crush Billy? on you because, I mean, we can see. Then it was it was hope. Then I went back to hope because I was like, no, Billy, why are you doing these things, Billy? I'm not changing the channel, Billy. But I mean, what? what? Huh? We carry on watching hope. Oh, change the channel. My parents coming in. Then go back. Then then I was like, no. In the daytime, you must like hope, and then in the nighttime, you can like Billy. But yeah. Either way, Bo had great choices. Yo, Bo. 
uh, regards to both. I'm trying to think of who else. Um, uh, Charmaine from Backstage. Oh, Lorsha Cooper. Yeah, don't say the real name. It's because it was the character that I crushed on, not the actor. You must understand these things. Because I feel like in the real world, I don't know who she is. But yeah, so uh, Charmaine was also a, a, a crush. And um, who else is there? Yo. No, I'd be still. No, I can't think of any more. <laughs> Once went to, I was in Joburg and like my first time in Joburg, I was like 12 or something. And then I went into like a bargain books and I saw Lorsha Cooper there. And I, <laughs> and I was like a big backstage fan. So I was like, I went, I was like, can I get your autograph? And I'm like, I'm sure it's like the only person who's in Oh, South African celebs. No, but here's the thing. I think early TV, they were proper celebs. Like, yeah, because we didn't like, have much. Yeah. We, we had Karabo and, and backstage. It's your Karabo. You know, I always wanted to be a continuity presenter. Not actually, no. I wanted to be the band that goes on Simonier. Like, I wanted to just be like, hi, I'm Yasin Bonds and Simonier groups. That's, <laughs> then I know, I feel like I've made it. It's, it's that and to be invited on Note for Note and Gladiator. Those, I feel like, yeah, I'm kidding. I don't know about Gla- uh, uh, Gladiator, but I feel like Note for Note you can still do. I, yeah, I can't, but I can't do the Afrikaans. This is the problem. Oh. So I feel like now I must gonna go learn other skill. With that said, though, I did meet Jan Stemmet, which is a career oh. I like, by the way. Oh. I fan, I've never fanboyed for anybody like him. I've been, I've spoken to, I was legit, huh? <laughs> I I never used to go out until after note for note. If you wanna understand how much of a big fan, like I would only leave the house after like after note for note is done. After I've watched it, I don't PVR, I watch it right there because it's the moment of the magic. Uh. That yeah. So yeah, um Johan Stemmet was a I won't say a crush, maybe a, a career crush where you're just like, yo, this man's a dumb. Um I'm trying to think of who else that I've met that really been starstruck. Yeah, he's been like the main one. <laughs> it sounds so weird because it's just your own stigma. It's like um, you, you went to big comedy festivals and stuff, but your own stigma. Nobody can. Jimmy Carr, whatever. But, but your own stigma. Easy conversations with everybody else but him. Even, um, uh, what's his name? Craig Robinson, um, the guy. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Judge, uh, Doug Judy. Uh-huh. Mad, fun times, we had nice night out. Could have a conversation. Michael Shea, fun times, ooh, party together, nice things. Oh, um, Jay Firo, wild nights. Johan Stemmet. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get the food? I'm such a, oh, my mommy's a fan. It's, it's the wildest thing ever. I, yeah, I'm not even flexing. This is like legit broke my heart that I couldn't speak to you. Also, what do you say to Johan Stemmet? In the wise words of Ebba, thank you for the music. I don't know. <laughs> thank you so much, Yassi. <laughs> On that note, in the wise words of Ebba, thank you for the music. Thank you so I'm much. I'm Yassi Bonson, sorry. <laughs>
his Instagram and Twitter handles are very complicated. So I'm just going to link it below. <laughs> below. But, but you can also you can just search Yasin Barnes and you'll find it anyway. So go follow him and find out all the shows that he's currently running. He's doing some great work in the community. So, you know, check it out. But before we head out, what have you been crashing on this week, Rebecca? I've been watching Rick and Morty. And I'm still deciding whether or not I like it. <laughs> Girl, I get you. I haven't seen it, but I mean, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I know that that deciding point where you like you, 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 you can go either way. Yeah, and do I invest more of my life into watching this? I'm still, I'm still on the edge, on the fence. With me, I like I can't actually talk about anything that I've been watching other than The Crown season four. Like, mm. I've been, I've been so far in the show, like, like my whole yeah. Like yesterday, I I finished watching on Friday. Yeah, and I was still like this bloody Charles. I'm so angry <laughs> about him. Oh, because they go into the bit about Camilla, yeah. Camilla yeah, and Diana. Diana. Oh no. Oh my gosh, was I not mad? And then yesterday, I just looked at my mom and I said, "I'm still sad." And she knew exactly what I was talking about. She's like, "Yeah, this damn Camilla and Charles." <laughs> and you know, it's just like, it's just oh, your mom is brilliant. That's all I'm thinking of. But uh, on that note, we are having our first crashing on roundtable tonight. If you're listening to this on the 23rd of November, it is taking place yeah. tonight at 7.30 on Zoom. The link will be in the show notes. We're going to have Funny funny from um, the previous episode on Princess Diana. We have Pia Jane from our second episode on Chad Michael Murray. We have Zayan from our episode on um, Daniel Sharman. They are all. They all spoke about The Crown on their specific episode. So they're coming back to talk about season four. And we have lots of discussion points and things to talk about. Um, so you can attend, you can come in, you can, we can have an open live chat that you can chat with other fans. There's a Q&A where you can ask us questions, you can join in and talk with us. It's going to be, it's just a fan thing. It's just something for, for fans of the Crown Season 4 to talk about all your issues, everything that you want to do. So... So we, that'll take place on the 23rd. And hopefully if it goes well, we will have more Crashing on Down tables. And it will be available to view on our YouTube. We're now on YouTube. So you can listen to the podcast on YouTube. Mm. And you can watch. You'll be able to watch the round table on there as well. We will have other YouTube exclusive content coming soon as well. So yeah, that's all from us. You can find me at Karen Welby on Instagram at Karen Wildbees with an S on Twitter and sign up for my newsletter Wild Streams at wildstreams.substack.com The podcast can be found at, at CrushingOnPod on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can find more information about this and all our other episodes at our website CrushingOnPodcast.com and send any feedback to CrushingOnPod at gmail.com join our facebook group crushing on club where we chat about the show celebrity news recommendations the whole shebang let us know what you think about what was discussed in this week's episode by sending us a voice note or email to crushing on pod at gmail.com the show is produced by me karen and rebecca barches the show is edited and engineered by rebecca barches our logo was designed by Nathifa Maruf, and the show was created in partnership with IGN Africa. If you like the show, tell everyone that you can any way that you can. 
Keep up to date with all our episodes by subscribing to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate and review the episodes on Apple Podcasts as it helps others find the show. We'll be back next week with another in-depth conversation with a pop culture lover. See you then. Bye.